Hello and welcome to Super Saturdays, a comic book media podcast where we rank media by its stories, impact, and visuals to figure out if these projects will stand the test of time. I'm Damon A. And I'm Jay Hayward. In each episode, we'll be focusing on your favorite comic books, TV shows, and movies. This wonderful Saturday soups, let's take you back to a year that may feel like a haze for some of us. Some of us might even remember it a little too well. We're going back to 2021. This is a time when Mario 3D World was hitting the shelves. This is the time when Bo Burnham's inside was just taking over Netflix and TikTok alike. And for our topic here today, Supergirl World of Tomorrow released this year. Enough of all this nonsense. What What did I say? I just said it wrong. Woman of Tomorrow. <laughs> is it not it? That is it. Fuck. On okay. with the show. Damn it. <laughs> Okay, so, (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh, all right. Whatever. We had to switch it up on you guys today. We made it. We made it. Episode eight, Damon. Episode fucking eight. Some said it wouldn't be possible, but we are here in the beautiful month of March, celebrating Women's History Month. Yes. How are you doing today, Damon? I'm doing just well. And, you know, 2021, like you said, it was a year because a lot of us were inside because that damn thing called COVID. But you want to know who was not out there supergirl wasn't which then leads me to ask you jay do you know what was happening in the comic book world when this book came out i i have no idea how to respond to half that statement but i do know what was happening in the comic book world in 2021 more specifically i remember that there was the release of wandavision loki and what was it falcon and the winter soldier I'll release at Disney Plus this year at the beginning of Marvel's new streaming initiative to have a couple of their own limited short series, some of them with individual seasons that will continue onward, some of them for just six episodes. Uh, But this was the continuation of what Kevin Feige and the team at Marvel wanted to do post-Endgame to try to get more people interested within the cinematic universe and to get a lot more people at home on Disney Plus. Other thing I know that came out this year, The Last Ronin. Yeah. Which has probably been the most notable and most popular Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle story in quite some time. It sweeps the shelves this year to massive critical and audience acclaim. That's what I knew was happening in 2021, Damon. What do you got? Uh, Well, you know, Chip Zdarsky was still writing Daredevil, and I think he's still working on it today. Electra is Daredevil in canon. This is all in canon. Um, The story goes, the story opens up with Matt Murdock murdering a guy by accident. Uh, And this is not like, you know, oh, it was all a dream. No, he straight up accidentally murders some guy because he wasn't supposed to be out in the field because he was off of some fucking painkillers. He slips up, accidentally murders the dude. And he ultimately turns himself into the cops while he's in jail. Electra tries to break him out and he says, no, I don't, you know, respect that. And she wants to prove that, like, she understands him in order to get him to help fight her fight with against the hand. 
So she takes on the mantle of Daredevil while he's in jail. Wow. Great stuff. I got to finish reading it. I read the first couple of story arcs. It's fucking great. But back to Supergirl. So, Jay, what was your first introduction to The Woman of Tomorrow? My first introduction to Supergirl was when I was a lot younger. I remember that there was some strange, like, kid's book. I can't even remember the name of it, but Supergirl was the main character. It wasn't a comic, and I had found it in a doctor's waiting room when I was a little kid. And that was my first time ever seeing Supergirl, ever seeing someone else other than Clark Kent wearing the iconic blue and red outfit. And ever since then, uh, I haven't read a whole lot about Supergirl. I think the next time I would interact with anything involving her would probably be, honestly, Injustice 2. Yeah, yeah. So this this is, like, really the first time I've ever been able to try it. Or <clears throat> I would say this is really the first time I've been able to see anything actually from Supergirl at all. That's actually, like cohesive and canon and and all that stuff what about you damon what was your first time uh interacting or your first time or first memory with the woman of tomorrow um i would say my first introduction to her of knowing who the character was would have to be the justice league series i watched the justice league series in full before superman the animated series and um Actually, you know what? No, I think my first ex- my first exposure to it was uh, Toonami back like when I was a kid, like years and years ago. Toonami was on, and uh, it was getting late, and they showed an episode of uh, the Batman the animated series, and it was the episode called Girls Night Out, where Supergirl and Batgirl teamed up to stop Livewire, Harley Quinn, and Poison Ivy. Uh, it was a really cool episode. It was a really cool episode. But I'm assuming you're wondering how we rank our media, Jay. I'm so happy that you asked me to ask you, Damon. Would you like to tell our lovely audience at home, Damon, how we rank the media here on the show? Okay, so we rank the media by its story, the impact it's had on the character, or the comic book world, and its visuals. All of this will help us figure out if it'll stand the test of time. With that out of the way, let's dive in. Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow is a 2021 comic book miniseries written by Tom King and artist Bilquis uh, Evely. Now, if I butchered that name, Supes, please correct me. Uh, the story focuses on Kara Zor-El's quests in space, and it's told from the perspective of Ruthie. Now, there's a little discourse about how to pronounce Ruthie's name. I'm saying Ruthie, or some people say Ruthie, so if we go between both, we're referring to her. Uh, Ruthie is a new character, an alien girl Kara meets and is looking for justice for her father's death. This was something, um, that he allegedly asked about, um, he asked what was a book that wasn't selling too well, and then he said Supergirl, we're trying to figure out what to do with Supergirl, and he wanted to do something different, he wanted to touch on something that wasn't really discussed about the character, is that, like, Supergirl has like an, an innate sadness to her because when you think about it, she was a teenager when she left Krypton. Uh, so she had a life, she had family, she had friends, she remembered all of that. So imagine all your friends and family are all dead and you're then sent to this new planet 
your cousin you were supposed to protect it what actually grew up with a loving family so you're literally alone um and this book really really touches on that he also wanted to mix it by uh having like a flash gordon type of space epic and i think he was successful in that what was your initial thoughts on this so far I, I can totally agree with, with it being successful with that Flash Gordon sci-fi fantasy aspect to this story. I I was in love with everything that, that was going on. Ugh. I loved this book. I thought everything about it was fantastic from the art and the coloring. I, I, I love the, the use of blues and purples throughout the entire book these nice harsh yellows with this nice cool palette of, of purples and oranges. It was gorgeous. It was really something else at certain point at some points. Other points it kind of looked like uh I don't know why. I I'll point it out at the specific point I guess. Sometimes it looked like Have you ever seen those posters for Rick and Morty and Rick and Morty aren't like the centerpiece, but like everything around them is at certain like some points. Psychedelic shit. Yes, yes, that's the perfect way for it. Sometimes this book feels a little psychedelic with the use of colors that are here. Just, just to get an idea for our audience at home, the kind of palette that we're yeah. talking about with this book. That's that's what's really coming off here. I mean, granted, there are a couple panels that also kind of look like those posters too, but I would say that this looks a lot better than that personally i i prefer this style more yeah no i agree with you on that because like it really it has like this trippy psychedelic look but it also has like a western type of look like if, if cowboys came into frame with any other panels i would not be thrown off because it feels western but also spacey is that even the word to use very, it's, it's very uh, medieval feeling yeah I, I was getting at some points i don't know why but i was getting this idea of Game of Thrones with these different types of fourth wall breaking aspects, or not fourth wall breaking, but like these comedic different aspects thrown into here yeah. that Supergirl is able to add, which I did not expect her to be that type of character either in comparison to how the tone starts off with this story. Man, you know, and I, I like how... He really differentiates Supergirl from uh, Superman because, like, I always felt like Supergirl, um, when written correctly, they give her this type of anger that isn't really present in Superman, which makes a lot of sense to me because it's like she, like, she accepts her role as a superhero on Earth, but it never feels like home to her compared to how it feels like home to Superman because he grew up here. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It, it's interesting seeing, like, how different she is from her cousin and, like, the characterization, especially because I didn't expect her to be a fucking pouty mouth. Like, <laughs> loved it. Fucking loved it. And we met with this uh, narration and everything. So we learned through this narration about our main character. We learned her name later, but for the sake of just explaining the story, I'm just going to say her name. Uh, her name is Ruthie. So Ruthie's narrating. We learned that she comes from a family who an alien family at that who farms rocks. Do they farm rocks? Why didn't they say that? Yeah. You didn't, you didn't peep that. Did I miss that? You did. She said, she said, oh. um, she said something on the lines of our rock farm. Oh, 
See, well, she's barely at the farm, so I, I didn't give much of much memory to that. I didn't write that down very much. Well, it, it was it was in the, it was in the first page. I'm surprised. I, honestly, I was expecting you to go crazy with that. First page. I really was. Not. No, 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 no. Thief identified himself. That is not the first page. Not on the second. Holy shit! Yes, it is. It's like the fifth line. It's on the first. I also page. have the comic on the side. What the fuck? What are you getting from a rock farm? What do you possibly gain from farming? Ro- How do you farm rocks? You gain rocks, Jay. That's what you get. <laughs> I, I noticed. I know. I, I missed that the first go around here, and I'm. I'm still. It's still racking my mind. How in the world that even works on an alien planet? What is it that you even gain? But from would it rocks? be mining rocks? I just because like you know all the crystals and shit. Or would it just be flat out just growing them and shit? That's fair too. Yeah, like like you put a stone in the ground and it could come out like a different type of of mineral rock or whatever. Like it comes out a different type of stone or diamond or whatever. I guess. But you want to know something? Like the crazy part is though, I could easily buy that if like if that was explained in that way. I could buy like you know you plant a pebble and then in. And it's like a red pebble or some shit, and it creates like a whole fucking like, I, I don't know, I don't fucking know, but like I could buy that. Uh, it just depends. But if they say that they eat the rocks, then I'm like, mm, no, I couldn't do that shit. So we learned that her family are um are rock farmers. I'm giving you guys all this exposition because, uh, Ruthie's narration. She's talking about the murder of her father. So Ruthie, it, her father was murdered by a guy that they let just come over. He was a wasn't he just a random guy who seeked shelter? The only thing that he identified him with identified himself as at the time was Krem, which sounds like a name I gave to like an imaginary friend when I was like five years old. It's very very odd name for your main villain, but whatever. His name is Krem, and Krem and Ruthie's uh, father, the day after. Having Krem stay at their family farm and have a meal prepared for him and took very good care of him had an argument over the king. And this led to Krem stabbing Ruthie's father, who was defenseless, straight in the chest. Ruthie believes that Krem may be a king's agent. And we're not really sure. We don't really get the answer by the end of this book either. So don't fucking hold your breath if you're hoping to find no, out. No, we do. At the end we of this, at this that. book, and this, and yeah, this issue, do. we do because there's a couple of things that I peeped. Okay, but we'll get to that. Okay, so you know we learned that he murders murders Ruthie's father. So throughout the entire narration, we get to learn a lot about Ruthie, primarily how she talks. How she talks is actually like just very fucking interesting to me because I put in my notes here that whenever I think of her voice, I think of like Invader Sim. What? I don't know why. Holy shit! But I'm just imagining like 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 a feminine like Invader Sim because she like she talks very like precise and almost very it's like it's Shakespearean but not Shakespearean at the same time, and she's just very precise in what she's saying. And she's a little girl. I'm assuming she's like, maybe like ten. Yeah, they don't. Or they don't like that. give an age to how old she is, but she is clearly young, and, and definitely the youngest out of her family. Which again, we don't see very much. Just about a couple of panels or two. 
Yeah, she was talking about how at dinner, her brothers were just angry. They were just talking that shit, talking about how they seeked vengeance and all this other type of shit. And I loved how within the panels, fucking, um, at first I didn't understand why the fuck they were doing this. It was kind of creepy when Ruthie was just staring at her mom across the table, just dead eyes. It was some creepy shit because they have like big purple eyes. And, uh... Ruthie's narration, she's talking about how, like, her brothers are, like, talking about how they want vengeance, but she knows that they're not being serious. Ultimately, by the time dinner is over, she's saying that, like, they just decided to, like, you know, like you said, Jay, leave it up to the divine and just, you know, live on, move forward. But Ruthie doesn't want to do that. She still has a lot of, like, just vengeance and shit. And, you know, it took until I was on the next page to realize that's why she was looking at her mom. She was sneaking outside and then her mom stops her and her mom's like, oh, okay, I didn't expect to see you out here. And they just have a little conversation. And basically, she's just telling uh, Ruthie, like, so, you know, maybe we should just, you know, let God decide what's going to happen. And Ruthie is like, fuck that shit. And Ruthie's mom is like. Okay, yeah, take your dad's horse. Go ahead. We get our title card of DC Comics presenting Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. And we see Ruthie on this weird fucking purple giant devil horned moose or whatever. It's cool. It's awesome looking. Moments like this really give me like the sci-fi Lord of the Rings, sci-fi Game of Thrones type of feel to it. Uh, kind of like... Kind of like if Game of Thrones and Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie, was kind of like pushed, like amalgamated into each other. That's the kind of vibe that the story is giving off straight away, at least to me, I think. Honestly, no wonder why uh, James Gunn was like, we're doing this shit. Honestly, this does have a lot of James Gunn feeling dialogue to it. A lot of James Gunn tone and pacing to it. It feels something right up his alley. Honestly, I'm looking forward to that movie. Um, I don't even know who's fun, fun to fucking write it or direct it, but if the movie looks anything like the comics, which I think pretty, I'm pretty sure he said like a lot of the books that he said are based off of or whatever. He said that like the some of the books are gonna like some of the movies are gonna be based off of the stories. Some of them are only just gonna be inspired by like the feels and the visuals. So that's interesting. Looking forward to that. I will be surprised if they can match anything to how it looks in the book here i don't think i don't think it can be done i i don't i I, think i think it's possible i think it's it's only possible with a heinous amount of cg and and computer work that all these comic book movies have become so synonymous with that we'll kind of get it there but I'm nervous that it might come off too artificial, kind of like how uh, Thor Love and Thunder did at certain times, where it came off looking really good at certain points and then not so good in others. You know what I mean? You're talking about the one floating head, aren't you? I'm not even talking about the floating head. I'm talking about just different locations and visuals. Like me personally, I'm not a huge fan of Asgard. Really? No, not Asgard. Uh, What is it? I can't remember. Where is New it that Asgard? they need Zoot? Is it New- uh, no, not New Asgard? Oh, the, the they're Olympus not Mount place Olympus. or whatever. It's not it Mount Olympus. It was Olympus, it? wasn't it? Really? Uh, I think I don't fucking know. I remember that. I, mo- that movie was ass. If I'm being quite we honest. saw that. Uh, we saw that on your birthday. We, we can't sure remember did. it for shit. Shit, only once. Only thing I remember is that Christian Bale was the best part of that movie. That was it. 
He was really good in that movie. So we then see Ruthie is in a bar. Some time has passed, I'm assuming. And she's basically just soliciting a bounty hunter. I put in my notes that she's smart as fuck because what 10-year-old has the withdrawal to be like, you know, I can't actively murder this man, so I'm going to go find me a bounty hunter. Damn. I mean, she, she, the hunter himself points out at one point, uh, the hunter himself even points out that she's really educated and very intelligent for, for her age and for her being a farm girl as well. She's mm-hmm. very smart one, Ruthie. Uh, she but really is. Not so smart to realize that she's about to get played by one of the strongest bounty hunters seemingly within this whole planet or region or whatever because she's trying to talk uh, uh, she's recounting the story to this hunter uh who explains like hey if anything that you're saying is even possible and if this dude even is a king's agent this shit ain't gonna be cheap how in the world are you planning to pay for this and she's like, well, I have this sword, and everyone's telling me that it is worth the sky. Mm-hmm. But I don't want the sky. I love that line. There's a lot of lines, a lot of points in dialogue, especially with Ruthie, Ruthie that I am in love with, personally. I don't know about you, Damon. I'm pretty this, sure he this uh, based Ruthie off of his like niece, if I'm not mistaken. No kidding. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure he said something on the lines of that. And, uh, yeah, like, her dialogue really, like, it's interesting because, like, this feels, mind you, we're only in the first issue. This issue feels like, you know how, like, sometimes they just stick, like, a random character in, like, a movie or even, like, in a damn book? And it takes the shine away from the main character and it just annoys you. With this, it doesn't really annoy me, per se. If anything, it actually is pretty nice. But I think it's because Ruthie is just a really cool character and you get her, like, we just learn all this shit about her within the span of a couple pages, especially even down to how she fucking like talks. And it's always freaking hilarious. Specifically, um, what, what she is offering is that the two of them go and kill Krem. And in return, she's going to offer the sword as payment. Cause she ain't got no money. She's got fucking rocks to farm to give to people to eat build i have no clue because there's obviously they're using stones to build shit oh the man then takes the sword from her and then right before she could let him like stop him he then backhands. okay so you know the guy is leaving after he just backhanded ruthie and then he's walking away and there's this girl at the bar she's uh just wearing just rags and shit and she has blonde hair she snags the sword out from his freaking sheath and he then threatens to break her fingers now at this point we're no one noticing that the fucking bounty hunter he's just sexist just playing fucking sexist and she oh, yeah. yeah like he said like he said a couple of things just derogatory towards like ruthie and then he also said something on the lines of like i don't know exactly remember what he said but it was just something that was in the lines of like uh, what woman would dare, like, you know, take from me or whatever. Uh, so the girl ignores the threats. And she then says, very, very drunk, that he needs to give the sword back. And that they shouldn't fight because it's her birthday. All right. So we learn that it's Supergirl. 
She's drunk, and it's her birthday. Her 21st birthday at that. Big deal at 21. Yeah. And I'm honestly like... I'll go ahead. I was going to ask you if you remember what you did for your 21st. Uh, I hung out with you. Holy shit. Yeah. What did we do that on that one? It was uh you, me, and Lindsay went to Grey Lakes Crossing and got drunk at beat-ups. Holy shit, dude. That feels like forever ago. Doesn't it? Oh, my God. Oh, God. Honestly, it was a really I, I... uneventful 21, but you know what? It was still fun. Tell me about it. This 2021 is when I turned 21. In oh the fall gosh. too, so the the lockdowns were back in effect. That's that's how I found out. Remember that bar that we went to, like a long. That's how I learned about that bar. It was the only one open on my birthday. That's the only reason why I even learned about it. Mm. For those at home, kids, we have <laughs> no, a, we no, have an no, in story. No, 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 I'm not going to tell that story on air, but it was a story. It was a story to be told that uh, happened yeah, to that bar. All right. One hell of a bar. It was one hell of a bar. Oh, gosh. But <laughs> Supergirl basically is drunk as fuck. She is shit-faced on her 21st birthday. Uh, and then we also see that, like, uh, I'm pretty sure in this panel, do we see Crypto in this panel, too? We do. We see the lovely Crypto and a nice green bandana around his neck. Okay, so at this point, like, in my mind, I was thinking, like, okay, yeah, Supergirl and Crypto are probably purposely just dressed incognito. It makes sense, because, like, you know, Superman is known across, like, space. Okay, so they wouldn't want to get found out. My question is, why would would Crypto need a bandana? And it's not like just any bandana. It's like a torn up bandana. Did, did like Supergirl just buy a bandana and like mess it up and then give it to him? I mean, it didn't look from how I remember it. It looked like a like a clean, fine bandana. Oh, okay. Uh, but I mean, like it's between that or what? A, a big red cape? Like what is what does Crypto usually have? I mean, he got like a cape, but then he has like a fucking like giant, like a big ass dog tag with a Superman logo on it. See, yeah, like, would you? Doesn't the cape also have a Superman S on the back of it? You sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I remember on the, the cartoon show he had it. Sometimes. You should have asked me my first time ever seeing Crypto. My, uh, I keep on forgetting the word introduction. What the fuck? <laughs> you should have asked me about my introduction to Crypto. Because oh, I, I remember you... my introduction to Crypto, very well. Was it the currency? No, what the fuck? No. <laughs> Crypto the Wonder Dog, he had a cartoon show on Cartoon Network. The Super that I would watch all the time. Yeah. Okay, I love that show. Crypto. I love that show so much. That I remember that show specifically at this one restaurant that I would go to with my family. It was like an Italian esque place, but it always seemed to have Cartoon Network on and we always seemed to go when Crypto was on. So I, I also love Crypto. That place because of the restaurant. That that show was awesome. I haven't seen anyone talk about that at all that we need to talk about crypto on the show damon we gotta bring we gotta bring that show back honestly you know what i wasn't prepared to what for what happened at the end of the story though i was not prepared. oh my goodness yeah dude oh, this, the ending of this thing is is something else but up until then we're just celebrating this 21st birthday man and you know so Basically, the guy in the Supergirl fight, and he tries slicing her with the sword. 
He's not really cutting anything. He starts just cutting her suit. That's when it's revealed, okay, yeah, she's wearing her suit under the damn rags. And I, at this point, I'm just loving the comedy because Supergirl is literally just unbothered by him slicing his sword. At first slice, she says that's stupid. And then she in the next panel, she then says, fuck, you're still doing it. And she's just stumbling. And then finally, like, she yells out. She's, like, telling him to stop. And I'm like, is she finna surrender? No, she didn't fucking surrender. She just says stop because she doesn't want to waste the last of her drink. Love that shit. Love that shit for her. Um, I know you touched on it earlier, Jay. You are talking about how, like, you noticed that, like, it's a red sun. So, like, th- this shit was just already setting it all up. Loved it. Yes, because during this fight, she she's able to get a little... A little hurt she manages to to get a little damage during the fight because of that red sun mm-hmm. uh i like that the things the things uh that are setting us up very small little bits towards what's going to happen here for the climax of the first issue i th- i thought everything here was just wonderfully built up man and you know she then they're fighting it goes on she then hits him in the face with a bottle she cuts her hand open uh, she ultimately takes the guy out, and she then has both of his swords, which I've noticed both looked really familiar. He then passes out. Um, she then passes out. Okay, so we then some time has passed. She's in a room with Ruthie, and the first thing she says when she wakes up is "fuck" or "shit." I don't know. Is it shit or is it "fuck"? I want to say "fuck." I put down. I put down "shit" actually. Oh. I thought she was saying "shit" the whole time, but it could be "fuck." Either way. It's clear that Ruthie doesn't know the word, and she thinks it's the name a Supergirl's husband. Man, that should have me fucking laughing. And then it's even funnier because, like, Supergirl wakes up, and she's, like, sick as fuck. And before Supergirl could even be fully awake, Ruthie wastes no fucking time and is like, I want to hire you. Her whole, like, you know, moniker of trying to get a fucking bounty hunter. And... I love the way that the panels fucking look on the next page because you get this beautiful picture of just Supergirl turning and looking at her like, oh, okay, they're going to have a conversation. And then she, goes straight she just to the straight to the fucking bucket. <laughs> and she says like shit or fuck again. And then fucking um, Ruthie is like, take take as much time as you need. Love it. Love it. All right. So then the next scene we then see fucking um, they're at the docks. Ruthie is still trying to persuade her to do to work for her and everything, and Kara is just leaving. Her and Crypto are in this boat. They're gonna like sail off and go to where their ship is. Before Here, Super- I have a question for you, Damon. As they show Supergirl getting to her little canoe, uh, heading towards what we do learn is her ship, which she plans to go home, and it shows them in this like beautiful setting here, amongst like. I don't even know. It looks like dead trees or giant rock formations. There's tons of rocks in that fucking water. What is the point of the farm? But are the rocks deadly? Because the fucking water, um, when Ruthie hops in the fucking water, she says like she could easily be eaten and that she felt pain and all this other type of shit. Well, I mean, she she talks about like there's a particular type of like fish or something that grabs her. No, it wasn't like, a fish. Like nibbling. Uh what is yeah the jaw dones or whatever whatever she calls them i thought they were fish i, I thought it was like something that was in the water i don't know it you fish are usually in that shut up um <laughs> <laughs> one thing that i really enjoyed throughout the story is just how juxtaposed 
Supergirl as a character really stands out amongst this planet. And really how she's able to connect so much to that with this girl who is very educated but has always lived on this farm and she's very young and she doesn't know really what's going to happen next for her because she has this whole mission that she doesn't even know if it's going to turn out the way how it should the same way with supergirl on her own as she was leaving krypton to look for clark but also just the fact of how she distinguishes herself from how these characters are talking Mm-hmm. The way how how she just has a modern natural cadence that you know we have in the modern day of 2021 against these medieval fantasy speaking aliens. Um, the way how the two of them, the way how it bounces off of each other, is just very fun and really interesting and stands out. A whole lot from other stories that we've read in the past there is points where things are very serious here but it ha- allows itself to be very comedic but not in a way that's over the top in a way that adds so much more life to these characters supergirl specifically she stood out in a way i never really thought that she she would uh, especially in this story, I had no idea how exactly she was going to be implemented into all of this. It gave uh, began. It, it it gave Last of Us vibes, which honestly, <laughs> like I just thought about that while you were talking about that. This kind of gave Last of Us vibes, not like like in the way that like older person has looked at look after a kid that isn't necessarily their own and they're just having this whole fucking adventure and i know we only like read the first issue of this but like it really gives that vibes and i could see it going further with the seeing the relationship between kara and ruthie like develop and her um ultimately being the one to kill krem surprisingly because honestly i loved how like when Kara was leaving out on her like little canoe, she was like just done. She was like, Hey, you know what? Only came here to get a red sun, to get drunk and go home. And then before she like leaves, she was like, Oh, also best of luck, kid. Don't kill anyone. It's wrong. And then kept going. Killing is bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See points like that. It's very cute. You have an idea too what kind of tone or kind of cadence that Supergirl is trying to to convey yeah. to to Ruthie. It's just really well done getting the the characters across in the exactly. dialogue. It makes her like it makes you figure out what type of person she is compared to her cousin. Because like yeah, Supergirl is a character that's always gonna be in the shadow of her cousin. However, they're not the same person. Cause like even with that like short amount of dialogue, fucking um Superman would have had a whole probably like a whole monologue or something like thought provoking to say about the reasoning for not killing people. But the only thing Supergirl can say is it's bad. Don't do it. Uh, you should want justice instead of uh, fury and all other type of stuff. And it's interesting because it's like, yeah, she still is relatively young, too. So she's still figuring shit out, too. And I loved seeing that. Honestly, the crown jewel of this fucking issue was when, throughout the entire book, Ruthie, I'm assuming, like, that's just how their alien, like, just society is. 
Ruthie doesn't really show any emotions throughout the entire book until um, she asks Supergirl a second time to, like, be her hitman, basically. And Supergirl says, listen, I understand you lost someone, but I can't. I can't do that. I don't kill people. And Ruthie, like, she kind of, like, breaks down. And she basically says that, like, um, didn't she, like, say that she wouldn't understand or whatever? Actually, I think I had it in my notes somewhere. Yeah, she's she's saying that there's no way that she can understand what that loss is like to lose her father. And she does say, even within the narration, that I thought was was beautiful. Again, back with that frame, that panel of when Krem has shot Supergirl in the chest with an arrow. Within that narration, she's talking about how she had learned that Supergirl had grown up without a plan, without her her home planet without any of the friends or the family that she was able to know. But that's what also has made her so invulnerable and invincible. She, she doesn't have a whole lot to lose. And it's in these moments too, when she gets shot in the arrow or when she gets shot in the chest with an arrow and when crypto gets shot and Holy shit. shit crypto got shot. Yeah. Oh it, 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 it freaked me out. And I thought he was dead. I, I still think that he's dead. I haven't read the next issue. He might be dead for all I know. Oh, do you want a spoiler? Is he dead? Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, you got to keep reading, though. Dead. You got to keep reading, though. But it, it allows this... Like, the panels that come up are just so badass. As she keeps getting shot in the chest, and she's, like, walking towards Oh, Krem gosh. And the hunter, because the hunter she should found two, two more. Two, also, can we just talk about the fact that, like... The hunter found Krem within like 24 hours. But you want to know something? Uh, after I saw them together, I peeped that the hunter's sword was very similar, if not the same sword. So yeah, they do look the same. Yeah, so that's why I put into it two and two together and thought about like, oh, he probably was also a king's agent as well. He knew Krem, so he probably went and told Krem. And all that type of shit. That's when I like kind of um, like, yeah, that's why he was like, hmm, I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z. He probably was just saying that because he was going to go tell Krem and they're going to come back and kill Ruthie. Um, and then, you know, I'm glad that you touched on that because like one more thing I want to touch on too, though, is the fact that like when Ruthie was having her little breakdown, I found in my notes exactly what she said. And she was saying like all that talk about compassion and fury. That's dandy. If you're living on a ground, you know, we'll stand solid but I lost my world. That shit was sad. And I loved how, um, going back to what you were saying about Ruthie's like monologue, like her, well, not monologue, her like internal narration, where a she says she did I guess, but it's a flashback. Yeah. So I have no clue. Her internal narration. And she was just talking about how, like, I didn't know, but as she's saying, I didn't know in like present time within the flashback or whatever, um, Supergirl was like trying not to cry after hearing her say that. And she was saying, and she basically said like, oh my God, it's my fucking birthday. And I came here to not think about that. And before she could even finish saying what she said, she then got shot in the damn chest. Right. The, 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 the way how the tone can shift so naturally and so quickly into these other emotions of comedy to action, to these moments when we get to slow down for a moment and the characters get to have an emotional conversation. Just 
fantastically woven in with a very short amount of pages. Yeah. And for a first issue. Yeah. And just so much emotion. And it's like, it's not... Also, I feel like it's... When it comes to the team who worked on this book, it doesn't feel like one is carrying the other. It feels like they're all working in cohesion. Um, Because the dialogue is just as good. The scripting is just as good. The story is just as good. The colors are just as good. The art is just as good. Everything, it just it's a perfect marriage and bond between all of them. And I just loved every second of it, especially just the little moments like that. Um, honestly, I didn't even put two and two together that the reason why fucking Ruthie said in invincible or invulnerable or whatever was because of her losing those people and everything. I didn't put that together. So thanks for telling me that, Jay. I was wondering why she just flat out said she grew to be invulnerable. And in all honesty, I kind of felt like the fact that Ruthie said she hasn't seen anyone fight with like out any fear of death and with the knowledge that they're the strongest one there. It made me wonder, was, like, Tom King trying to say that, like, Supergirl has, like, depression and doesn't really fear death because of all the stuff that's happened in the past? Or was it just, like, something to say that was, like, kind of cool? Like, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's, it's something along those lines for sure, that there is definitely a lot of, or a huge burden that sits within Supergirl as a character being fully aware of the events of Krypton and having to be the one of the only two survival, survivors after that fact. And then keep in mind that you can't even relate much to that other one because he was a baby, doesn't know very much of Krypton, has learned it, I guess, from crystal voicemails <laughs> that were left by his dad. You know, but he he was able to at a very young age find a, another family and learn about what Krypton was after the fact, mm-hmm. which yeah is, is obviously something that we see in a lot of Superman stories. Something that he discusses, something that he that you know, it's part of his character too, but differently for the way how it is in Supergirl, because that's everything. Because everything that had happened on Krypton, it was so fresh and and is it happened within her life mm-hmm. at, at a younger age but a time when she could remember all that shit yeah because even um like if you want to like pick it apart even further like superman based for all kinds of purposes he was adopted so it's like he lost that side of his culture and everything but he was adopted at a very young age and didn't even know he was an alien until after the fact and you know, yeah, I mean, let's pick it apart even further with that, though. Supergirl, she left Krypton when she was 16, but she she was supposed to be sent there to look after her cousin, who was a baby. But some shit happened, and he got there first and became a whole-ass adult. Just imagine, the last thing your parents told you was that you're going to look after your, your cousin and that you guys are going to be only, like, two, but you couldn't even do that? That's even more sad. And, uh, yeah, and it's also, like you said, still hella fresh because she's only 21. She came to Earth at 16. She never really got to be adopted by a family like that. You could really argue that Supergirl is the last true Kryptonian. True. You could argue that because, again, it's one of those things where she was fully aware and was someone who had lived on Krypton and had known that culture and had known those people 
in a way that Superman really never will, despite whatever kind of research or whatever his um, his lair or whatever uh, Fortress of Solitude. There we go. I couldn't remember the words. Um, it doesn't matter what he's able to learn from his Fortress of Solitude. He was never there on Krypton, really. Exactly, and to I think that's like, that. exactly. I think that's like kind of like the sad burden that Superman holds too when he like you know talks about or even thinks about krypton but like in comparison not to like out like say someone else's trauma or burden is like you know worse but like i don't know something about supergirl's origin and that i'm glad tom king was able to like really pick apart and touch on is that yeah there is like a lot of sadness when you really think about it and i love the fact that like after fucking ruthie's um little monologue and shit she basically um was talking about how supergirl Okay, well, no. Supergirl got shot once. And then when Crypto got defensive and was going to fucking, like, bite the fuck out of the fucking dudes, they then shot Crypto. And I don't know how, but the artist was able to, like, show the most saddest panel I ever did done scene because fucking it was red and blood came out and he was whimpering. And then Supergirl got up and started yelling for Crypto's name. Sad shit. See, there there are a couple of Game of Thrones comics and uh you know that have come out or uh graphic novels or whatever you know there have been a few uh but i wish that they were done more in this art style because mm -hmm. again like i i can feel the emotion and i can feel the action the the i can feel when when those yes that's exactly it it's it's very kinetic mm -hmm. and and not many comics i feel as though can achieve it in the way that this particular one has that had made it so interesting to continue to flip through. I feel as though the from modern rings that I can remember that had left me with a similar type of uh, feeling was uh, I can't remember the name of the run, but it was one of Deadpool's runs around like 2017 ish oh, okay. about like a year or so after the movie, there was a couple of, of, beats similar to this that i can recall that I, that also really hooked me into reading that for a while okay okay and i can and i can see that kind of presence put into this as well do i think that anyone from those teams uh are the same probably not but um they, they definitely understood the assignment of what it is they were trying to go for that's for sure exactly like i freaking loved um honestly dare i say it this art style could probably lend itself to being adapted into animation. Like, even the it way could. the facial expressions, it'd be very high budget, but shit, I'd pay good money for it. Um, especially, like, the colors. It's just so vibrant. Especially, like, um, what really got me was when Supergirl got up after Crypto, after Crypto was shot. She got up, she took two more arrows directly to the fucking chest, and was just still walking. And at this point, she's angry as fuck. It was at this point that I was, like, noticing how deep the reds are in her suit. It just looks fucking majestic. Honestly, I would love to see this artist draw Superman or just draw anyone from the fucking DC universe. Um, But this art just feels like it feels like this is Supergirl's art. Or like, it just feels great. And, you know, I, I loved seeing Supergirl get angry. She's walking directly towards the two assailants. And while she's walking, she says, and this was a fucking my favorite thing from the book. She says, swords and arrows. Continues walking. Do you even know who I am? I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
and then she fucking mows him down. Yeah. Yeah, great shit. And then the credits roll, and everyone goes home happy, and we get a whole baker's dozens of rocks given to Supergirl to enjoy on her journey back home. <laughs> you know what? I bet you Supergirl could probably eat those rocks. Now, what if they like? What if they were like as hard, like just re- regular rocks, but they had flavors? See, that's something I'm also trying to figure out too. Is if it is <coughs> edible rocks, what would the nutrition be? What would flavor be? It would have all the minerals. Flavor. It'd be like salt. Yeah, but then it's like then it's just a whole clump of salt, you know. When you think about it, and that can't be nearly. I, I would say it'd have protein. I would say have some maybe some vitamins are in it, some good mineral. I would say I, I would say the nutritional value wouldn't be bad. I, I I could see it. I don't think you would have fiber though. No, no lack of fiber for sure. Yeah, too it would, dry. Yeah, it wouldn't have fiber, but it would have like protein, and then just the proper vitamins. I would say maybe what, like what protein you're getting from a rock. It's pr- protein, Jay. That rock protein. Exactly. Actually, it's a plant, so <laughs> shit, at this point, it, you gotta have some protein if yeah, it's a damn yeah, plant. Yeah, it's a plant because they're farming it. What the fuck? Exactly. So, you know what? It's a fucking plant, so it has protein, guys. All right. I guess. So, so, you know, the next thing that happens is that fucking... She's walking over to them, and she took two fucking... No, she has three arrows in her fucking chest, bleeding. And basically, she... Yep is fighting the one dude, the dude she fought at the beginning of the book. She kicks his ass, basically backhands him to the ground. Fantastic. Get this. Get this. What? Bounty hunter, sword, goes to swing. Wonder Woman grabs the sword, hand bleeding, doesn't give a fuck. Takes the sword, blade first. Fucking Mike Tyson sucker punches this dude to the ground. He's done. Wonder Woman? (laughs) Did I say Wonder Woman again? You sure did. Honestly, that sounds like Supergirl. some Wonder Woman shit, though. It doesn't. It sound like Wonder Woman shit. Yeah. Supergirl grabs like I just thought that stuff was was awesome, and yeah. it did make me wonder then how much of her powers does she have? Like, what level uh, does she have of her powers, where she's able to still be like this type of invulnerable, but not really with the Red Sun? Like, what? What? Like. I know that, like, usually in the comics, the Red Sun is one of those things where it's, like, when they're instantly under the Red Sun, their powers are dampened, like, a lot to the point where they can feel pain and potentially die. But it, like, it, like, slowly saps their powers. Like, there are certain things that happen instantly, like the bleeding and whatnot. But, like, the longer they stay under the Red Sun, that's when it's, like, completely gone. And then mm-hmm. when it comes to the yellow sun, when they get back to the yellow sun, their powers don't come back instantly. It gradually comes back. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. Interessante. Yes, yes. Okay, so, you know, that fucking cool-ass shit, fucking Krim, that little bitch, he fucking gets scared, and then he's running away. And he runs like a little bitch. Little bitch. He has a little bitch run. He He's sure a does. Bitch. His bitch sword. He runs right past um, Ruthie at one point. Yeah, but um, she tries to get him. She really does. Tries. She tries. She fails though because she's a dumb little, dumb little kid. She's not dumb. She's very smart. No, she's very educated. She learned a lot from this book. Yeah. Uh, so she uh, tries to get him, and then Krem kicks her out the way, and he goes on top of uh, on top of Supergirl sh- inside of Supergirl's ship. 
uh, earlier yeah, in the conversation. Walks right in there. Yeah, because remember earlier in the conversation, Supergirl said that like Ruthie, you have to leave because I just turned on the autopilot. Like it's gonna launch in like a couple minutes. Uh, so he I just, gotta go. Yeah. Listen, when Supergirl said, "I'm I gotta get home. I'm ready to go home," she said, "I'm just here to get drunk, and that's it." I don't blame her. It though. was my birthday. I do not blame her. I do not blame her at all. You know, and in all honesty, it is kind of sad, though. She celebrated her 21st birthday by herself with her dog. That's, that's, hey, you know what? Hey, it happens. It, it happens. So, you know, he gets on the ship, and at this point, Supergirl doesn't really care to go after him. She's just trying to figure out what's wrong with Crypto, and she squats down, and she starts petting him, and he whimpers, and she's holding him. Also wounded. They're both bleeding out. Yes. They're both bleeding out. And I love the fucking dialogue uh, that uh, Ruthie has, because we go back to her little narration, and you get this big splash of the fucking ship rocketing up into the sky. And she says, Krem, the killer of yellow hills, killer of men, women, and dogs, escapes. That's the end of the issue. To be continued. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, fantastic book, and it honestly soups. Jay, I, you you gave it a fifteen. I gave it a fifteen. It, it it's this, a wrap. This we, is perfect. It's perfect. Whenever we're looking at comics now, this, according to us, is is that peak. Mm-hmm. If it cannot meet Supergirl World of Tomorrow, then get it the fuck out of my face. <laughs> I don't want that shit. Get it out of here. Unless it's Howard the Duck. Give me Howard the Duck. Oh God. My Howard the Duck. You know what? I, I gotta say though, before we wrap this up. Jay, of the three categories we usually rank, what would you say was your favorite? Was it the story, the impact, or was it the art and visuals that was your favorite within this book? It would definitely be the story. This story is gripping. I am glued to every panel and every page. I'm going back and I'm looking over the panels. This is something that doesn't happen to me very often when it comes to comics or graphic novels. Usually I'll I'll skim well I won't skim I'll read it you know but I'm not as so enticed to to stay on a page I I usually I want to finish the story uh, not in a very quick manner but at a, at a pretty you know I'm trying to think of the words whatever I think it was fantastic for me I would say story what about you Damon what was the go to for you in this I would say story but I would say impact was a close second because this book. It's a mini series, so it's only about I think like six or eight issues. And I also would say this was like the quickest read of any of the books we had to cover, um, and that's not a bad thing. This was actually really quick and read, but you got so much information. I would say the second one to it was that Wonder Woman episode we covered earlier this month. That was a pretty quick read, but it felt like it was a little bit more dense. Like oh yeah, it, it was like I had to have a cup of water with this. Doesn't mean it was a bad meal. But that Wonder Woman when I had to have a cup of water. This one, scarfed it down. Loved it. I want to read the whole entire fucking, like, miniseries now. And like I said, it's only eight issues. Now, I'm pretty sure from my information I looked up or whatever, um, Tom Taylor originally was going to do, um, I'm pretty sure there was supposed to be 12, but then it got cut short, so he had to wrap it up soon. If I'm wrong, correct me, Soups. But, I'm, but from what I heard, he still does a really good job of, like, wrapping this story up within that uh, short amount of issues. 
we'll definitely have to check it out again, I think, sometime in, in the future, Damon. We yeah. might have to come back and revisit what happens to Supergirl after this point. We just might. So my question for you, Jay, is would you read further? Or are you yeah. going to? Uh, I might, if I get the free time. I, I totally would. <laughs> it's a miniseries. Uh, right. Quick read. You can do it's it. It's true. It's only eight issues, so I'm really thinking about it. But I also kind of feel like this could be something that we really can revisit for the show, personally. But that's just because I, I really enjoyed how the story was going here. And the cliffhanger that leads off. Is Krem going to Metropolis? What is that going to be like? You know? Yeah. I have no clue yet, but I'm 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 interested, and that's something that I think is fantastic. It, it the the story has left me wanting more, something that I don't feel very often, personally in comics. But I'm glad that I felt it for this one. All right, but you know what? What do you guys think, Soups? Did Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, does it hold up? Did it pique your interests? Are you guys gonna give it a read? Be sure to give us your answers by reviewing the show or messaging us on Instagram at Super Saturdays Podcast, TikTok at Super Saturdays Pod, and Twitter at Super Saturdays PC. Your messages and reviews can make their way on the show. This was Super Saturdays. I'm Damon. And I'm Jay Hayward. And make sure you also follow Damon and I at our Instagrams at Damon underscore 1003 and at Jay the Movie Gal. We're doing our best to talk about the show as often as possible on our social medias. Uh, Damon, admittedly, a lot better than me. I, I suck at my social media. But you can usually see me over at my Twitter. I'll try to promote the show best I can whenever I can there. At Janie Hayward. See you next Saturday, Soups. Be sure to check out our buddy Jake Voigt at jakevoigtmusic.com. He's the one who created this awesome sound. See you soon.